0: Chris coming up. We've kind of just a special Christmas uh, little service here that we got going. Chris is going to come up, and she's got. Uh, we were we were there. You go talking yesterday and or this week, and Chris is. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, Chris is reading a book right now, and she's like, you've got to read this book, and you've got to read this book, and you've got to preach this book. And I said, why do I need to read it? Why don't you just preach it? So um, she's got some things that, that she wants, feels like the Lord has put on her heart, and I wanted her to share with us this morning. All right. Good job.
1: It won't be long. It's just an intro, really, and then John's going to come back up and and talk some more about Christmas. But you know how when you you read something really good, or you see a great movie, or you hear good news, and you just kind of want to go and tell everybody around you, and that's what the good news of the gospel is all about, and so that's what I wanted to do this morning. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Let me just pray for a second. Father, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for um, just a moment of worship with you. We thank you for the celebration of kids' voices, Lord, reminding us to have childlike faith, Father. Thank you so much for this season, Lord, where we celebrate your birth, Lord. Thank you so much for the history of who you are and all that you're doing in our future, Father. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know if um, you ever do Advent devotionals, but I wanted to just give you a couple resources this morning. Um, This is one that I've had for a long time. It's called The Greatest Gift by Ann Voskamp. Um, I have not read it all the way through in years past, but I pulled that one back out just so you have that idea. And um, this one that I picked up this time around is called Emmanuel by Ruth Choi Simons, and it's really good. And so I wanted to just um, show you those two. And uh, and read you just a couple excerpts. We'll look at a couple things, and then we'll be done. So, in the greatest gift, Anne Voskamp actually writes: "Big and glossy and loud and fast—that's how this bent-up world turns. But God, God who carved the edges of the cosmos, curved Himself into a fetal position. Infinite God became infant. The Giver became the gift." And during this Christmas season, as believers, we celebrate what's called Advent. And if you've been around the church and you've been in traditional services, you know what Advent is. You usually see the four candles, the two purple candles, the pink candle, and the white candle, right? Um, And so what that Advent time is, is a time of waiting. It's a time where we celebrate um, the season for the preparation of Christ's birth, but also um, we celebrate His coming again, right? And so just a a time to pause and in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, how are we waiting this Christmas season? Those candles represent hope and love. And joy and peace. And so, are we walking through the busyness of our days and are we celebrating those things with those things in our heart? Or do we look like the rest of the world? Are we harried and rushed and all those? I had a friend say to me earlier this week, she was like, I was wondering if we could have lunch sometime, but you just seem so busy. And I told her, I'm like, no, no, I don't ever want to seem busy. I'm not busy, I'm deliberate. Right, So if somebody ever comes to you and says, oh, you're so busy, or oh, the season is so busy, say, no, 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 I'm not too busy. I'm deliberate. I'm on a mission, right? Because it is possible for us to get all the things done. The dinner, and I, I mean, we have five kids. We have a grandson. We have some on the way. Like, our world is a little bit crazy this season, and I am feeling every bit of the rush and the busyness and the harriedness. But it is possible to still have love, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and the fruits of the Spirit in us as we pursue those things when we remember the root of where they came from. We just read in Isaiah that out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. When you open the pages of scripture and read of his coming, the very first advent, before you ever read about the birth of Jesus, you read about the genealogy of Jesus. So you have Christ's family tree before you have your Christmas tree. Because in the time of prophets and kings, the time of Mary and Joseph, it wasn't your line of credit, your line of work or your line of accomplishments that explained who you were. It was your family line. It was family that mattered. Family gave you context. Origin gives you understanding. And the family tree of Christ always gives hope. And if you come from a long line of messed up family, like many of us do, then we can know that we're in good company because the family line of Christ was right through families of messed up monarchs, and battling brothers through affairs and adulteries and more than a fight or two, through skeletons and closets and cheaters at tables, right? But that generational thing, that's the joy of what God does through the power of his cross and through his blood is he breaks those generational curses of the bad stuff. But we want to be able to keep and hold on to the good stuff that comes through our generations, right? And that's why we talk with friends and and, um, younger families and younger ones. I would encourage you, that's one of the things that we love about Pacific Point is the generational. Like when we look out... We don't just see one particular group of people, one particular age group or social status. We see everything, and that's what we love. That's what the kingdom is made up of. And so look, like if you're a young one in here, go and grab someone who's older, who's established their traditions, who's established the things that they've done through the seasons that they've seen mark their families and say, how do I get to do that too? Or grab on to what's yours. And I don't know if we talked about the cards this morning, but I think the cards are still in the back of your seats we've talked about what that looks like and how you can go through communion and reading the Christmas story and singing the songs with your family Um, They'll be here again for Christmas Eve service, but I encourage you once again to grab onto these, but also just being really intentional with whatever your traditions are, whatever the things that you would normally do. I know in our house, we do a lot of baking. We like to bake for the neighbors, and we have a lot of neighbors. It's kind of that one time of year, right, that you can really do something intentional and take them something from the heart and say, Merry Christmas, and You know, give a picture of your family or just kind of let people know who you are and where you stand. So when you do your baking, Pray while you're stirring, right? As you're packaging things up, pray over them. Christmas cards, right? All the moms get crazy with their Christmas cards and stuff, and they have to torture families with pictures and all of that. If you're going to get Christmas cards, we we personally take washi tape, and we put them all over the wall as soon as they come, and we pray over those. Those families that come, we pray over those families. As we send Christmas cards out, we pray over those Christmas cards, right? Um, I encourage you to, like, develop new traditions with your family. One of the things that we haven't talked about that we do is our favorite thing is we play our wild card game. Do you guys know what this is? Anybody knows our family? On Christmas night, so Christmas Day, we get up, we do our thing, we eat. Kids usually go to friends or to the beach, and then we all come back after dinner, and we play our wild card game. And John Blue sneaks away at some point, and he comes up with a whole list of questions questions about our family sometimes it's scripture thrown in there to throw them a little bit and then every time you get a question right you get a ticket then all those tickets go into a basket and then we pull the ticket out and that person wins an extra family wild card gift at the end of the day it's always the biggest gift it's always the one that everyone fights over and they have officially banned me from it because last year I actually um, I rigged it this is my my public confession sorry Jackson TJ um, every year McKenna answers the most questions she gets the most tickets in the basket but I think we've been doing it about five years now four or five years she's never had her name there's only five kids so every kid's had their name pulled except for McKenna and so I was trying so hard to pull her name and then Hudson was like oh, I saw you I saw. it was like massive Like it was there was massive repercussions for sure it was not pretty it was not pretty you covered me you did not cover me you left me out to dry there was there was no unison there was no we are one flesh there was there was I can't believe you did that to the kids I'm like oh oh I have been banned from participating in all wild card games but um, just something that that John came up with several years ago to just draw everybody together. We were in a hard season, and he's like, what can we do to just draw people together? And it's things, too, like what's the color of Georgia's soccer uniform? What team does Hudson play for? Because, you know, it's like you talk about your siblings, and you think, oh, yeah, I know Huddy's in South Dakota playing hockey, but what team is that? What I haven't been to Georgia's game. What color is her? You know, just things like that that you should know as a family. So. Anyway, just continuing your traditions, right? Continuing to have joy and peace and and hope and love and all of those things that Advent represents as you go about your daily stuff. Almost done. Each day of Advent, God gives us the gift of time to be still and wait, to have hope and to be redeemed because Jesus Jesus wasn't born to stay in the manger. He was born to go to the cross, so we lost relationship at one tree, but we found relationship at another tree. The birth of our Savior in the manger led to the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord from the cross. The hope of Christ leads to overcoming redemption, and that sounds good on a Sunday morning, and it sounds good in a Christmas message, but when it wears flesh, and it comes into your home, and it walks around your rooms where there's pain, and when there's hurting, then it becomes life-changing, because without the cross, it's not yet life-changing, and what we need is life-changing. What our kids need is life-changing. What our jobs need what our families need in this season if we are calling ourselves believers and if we are going to find ourselves going to families houses and going to those who are ill and going to those who are struggling financially or those who are having relational difficulty then what we bring to the table of our families holidays should look differently than what Cousin so-and-so who doesn't know the Lord is bringing to the table. Does that make sense? If they're gossiping at the table, if they're negative Nelly, at the table, what do we do with that? Do we chime in and join into that? Or do we turn their trajectory and declare something different at our tables? The authority of God made all of creation, but it was the affection of God that made us his children, So the answer to deep anxiety is the deep adoration of God because we have lots of things that fix the things or attempt to fix the things that we have going on in our worlds. But when the meds don't work, when the therapists don't work, when the healing hasn't yet come, when the bills aren't paid and the relationships seem played, then all we have is Jesus And it's one thing to know it in our heads, but to know it, think about it in our hearts, but does it come out through our actions? And it doesn't always look the way that we expected it to look, right? The weary world in Jesus' day, they expected that a Savior who would lead them to conquer other nations, right? The Israelites have been waiting, the Jewish people have been waiting for a Messiah who would come that would conquer the nations that had put them in captivity, But instead, they didn't realize that Jesus had come to conquer the bigger enemy of sin and death, the bigger enemy that we would still face today, right? And we can't know the wonder of Christmas. We talk about knowing the wonder and the magic and the preciousness of all things that happen in this season, which is true. But we can't really fully appreciate it until we can understand what our desperation looks like without him, right? Right? Because pain doesn't take a holiday. Do you know that? Do you feel that in your family sometime, right? The struggle that you had back in November is still the same struggle that you have on Christmas morning sometimes, even though you wish that it wasn't the case. So we need to know that that rescuing is there. And the sweetness of the, of Jesus who came for that rescuing is how we have the anticipation Um to know that that freedom is ours and it's available to us, right? And the greatest gift that we can give back to God is to allow His love to gladden our hearts and to allow His, his Spirit to come alongside and shoulder those burdens with us. And that's why we wait. And that's why we wait with expectation and anticipation because how we wait matters. And I'm wrapping up, but Anne writes this sometimes the heart waiting on the gift is the art of the gift. How we wait is actually of the gift. So mark this Advent season with a counting, a way of staying awake and not missing what's happening around you, a way of not rushing and maybe avoiding stomping on the new shoots of growth that the Lord is causing around us, right? Those stumps around us are breaking forth into new growth. And and when we see this, um, the birth of Jesus broke 400 years of silence between between God and man. So that sort of gift, it demands a response, right? Ruth writes in Emmanuel, the devotional Emmanuel, it was unspectacular to any unsuspecting onlooker, but to those who knew what God had done, it was a miracle. In In the stable that night, Anybody else who just was kind of passing by maybe didn't realize the miracle that was taking place. But we talked last week about being a people who know how to see and know how to read the times. And when we are on the other side of the cross and we know what the wise men that night can only hope for right? We know what was coming through the cross. And like I said, that kind of gift compels a response from us, not just celebrating with traditions and sentimentality, although that is so important and so special, but also our whole lives responding to the gospel with a life-changing faith, right? Life-changing faith. I don't know if you've been reading in Luke um, we talked last week about how the Christmas story is told several times, but in Luke from for 24 chapters. So if you read a chapter each day, you could get to Christmas morning and have read the whole Christmas story. Today is the 18th, so this morning was about the, um, the persistent widow, right? The persistent widow and how she kept going back. For the sake of time, I, I have it. But I, I just go back if you want today and read Luke 18. And the first parable that's shared is about the persistent widow. And, and the judge ends up answering her plea because of her persistence, because of her pestering. And it's not that we want to be a pestering people, but it was her faith to believe that she could have an answer. That, and so we want that kind of faith, right? Wise men are only wise because they make their priority of seeking Christ. Let us be found to have faith and ravishing in his wonder this season. I'll finish with this quote. This is from Frederick Buchner. And he said, In the silence of a midwinter dusk, there is far off in the deeps of it somewhere a sound so faint that for all you can tell, it may be the only sound of the silence itself. You hold your breath to listen. You walk up the steps to the front door. The empty windows at either side of it tell you nothing or almost nothing. For a second, you catch a whiff in the air of some fragrance that reminds you of a place you've never been and a time you have no words for. If you're a kid coming home from college thinking about coming home to what's familiar, coming home to familiar sounds and smells, you are aware of the beating of your heart, the extraordinary thing that is about to happen, whatever the extraordinary thing is that you're waiting for, that you're expecting, that you're anticipating, the extraordinary thing that is about to happen is matched only by the extraordinary moment just before it happens. Advent is the name of that moment. So, Father, again, we just come to you, and, Lord, we ask that you would make us aware, Father, that you would keep us awake and aware so that we would be able to celebrate truly your Advent with an anticipation of your coming, Father, with a waiting that trusts you and hopes in you, Father, not in our situations, not in our circumstances to change, Father, but in your presence, Lord, we thank you so much for this moment and for the moments that come before and after. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thank
0: you. So you're like probably thinking, can you turn that off? Or is it off?" Yeah. He's coming up here to preach a message after that? No, I am not. I promise you. Let me give you those, please. Thank you. Thank um, you. But I, I think sometimes we come to church and, and we, we talk and, and it kind of goes there. But what I want to say is now what? Now what? And, and I, I don't want you to think of now what in the sense of, of next year or, or the next 10 years or the next 100 years or whatever. You know, I, I want you to think of now what in the next moment. Because that that's really what's what matters. Because wise men and women sought him. They seek him. They seek Jesus. And what I want us to do as a church is when you walk out these doors today, think about now what? Seeking Jesus. I want your thoughts this week to be about Jesus. Now I, I know it's Christmas, and you go, well, that's Christmas. That's what we do. Not necessarily. I want you to be deliberate. I want us to be mindful of this week. And everything that Christ has talked about in the advent of Christ that, that, that shows us, that points to this Jesus that came for me, he is worthy to be thought of each and every moment. What I want for us to do as a church, and I've been saying it for the last few weeks, is if, if you haven't done it maybe you have I hope you have is is to enter into the story of Christmas this week that what what I want us to do is 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 take a moment and go okay what does that mean to enter into this story I, I want to stop what I need what I want what I'm about and just go no no I'm just gonna step into this place called Christmas and Jesus last week we talked about how did the wise men do that? How did they enter into the Christmas story? And we said a couple things. We said that they could see. They had eyes to see. And we want you to be able to see beyond what's in front of you and presence and all that stuff. They were wise and understood the times. We want you to understand that this is not, uh, this, things, crazy things are happening in this world and you need to understand. And then we said that they chose to worship. That's what we talked about last week. But why were the wise men truly wise? Is because they sought Jesus they sought after Jesus Matthew 2 2 where's he that is born the king of Jews now what I want to seek Jesus this week but but it's it's not just about seeking Jesus it's about being the hands and feet of Jesus it's about about having something there Seth I'm maybe you go to that that last slide that I I was See, I told you I'm not going to preach a message. There you go. What am I asking? Is that we enter the story this week. How do we do that? By seeking Jesus every day. It's by by waking up and and really training, uh, uh, thinking, and, and just the first thing that is in front of me is Jesus. Before the craziness of Christmas, before the craziness of your job, before the craziness of your children, before the craziness of your husband, before any of those things, before your foot hits the floor, what I'm asking you for. I'm not asking you to do this the rest of your life. I'm not asking you to do this for a year. I'm not asking you to do this for a month. I'm asking us, me included, that this next week before our foot hits the ground, we go, okay, Jesus, today is yours. It's not a lot. What I'm asking is that we would seek him regularly throughout this week. That, that Jesus and the birth of Christ, the advent of Christ would be in the forefront of our lives and not behind us And the little tip that we give God on Christmas by telling our family about Jesus. I'm asking that you and I would commit to reading this word every morning or every afternoon, every day. That you just take a, a little piece and you'd read it. What's beautiful about this word is that, that, that it's, it's, it's alive and it's active, Hebrew says. And if I just take a little piece, God is faithful. I'm asking that you would worship each and every day this week. I'm not asking you to worship the rest of your life. I'm not asking you to worship for the next year. I'm asking you for each day that you would spend a time in worship. What does that look like? It may look like song. And if you turn it up loud enough, you can't even hear yourselves. That's a good thing for many of you. Come on. That's kind of funny. It's a good thing for me. I have to turn it real loud because you don't want to hear me sing. Some of you, it's, it's worship that way. For some of you, your worship's going to come through your hands and your feet by doing something for someone else that no one else would have done. What I'm asking you this week as we lead into uh, the celebration of the birth of our Savior is this, that you would pray. I'm not talking about on your knees like this, although that is an aspect of it, and that is good. I'm talking about a conversation with God each and every day. I'm talking about a conversation with God throughout the day. Not unlike the conversation that I have with her every single day. You know what defines our relationship? is our communication. That's one aspect that's defined. And it's the same thing with, with Jesus. I lied to you. I am preaching a message, but where are you going to go? There, I guess you can go anywhere. You can get up and just leave, but I, oh well. I'm asking you to pray, to engage the one that we say we have a relationship with. And the last thing I'm, I'm asking you to think about others, to think about others. See, because this whole Christmas story is about others. Jesus came for you and me. He came in as a, as a human, fully God, fully man, and he came to this place called earth so that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. How is he not worthy to be praised? I'll, I'll finish with, with this scripture. And it's, uh, I have, uh, you know, when you're in your, you're, 40s and, and 30s and you're trying to be a cool pastor and you get like verse tattoos this is the one I got it's not cool anymore because I'm 56 and it's kind of dumb but um, nonetheless I have a verse tattoo on me and th- this is this is you know what I'm talking about the young pastor the faux hawks and the skinny jeans and tattoos and uh, and don't judge me because I have lululemons on that's what older preachers wear you know so no judgment this is the the tattoo. The the, the tattoo, stupid, the verse is fantastic. The verse is fantastic. And it says this. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. And and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What, What does that even mean? It means this. That religion or, or law and, and truth, all these things, it, just, it came together in the birth of Jesus. The Word, see, Word by itself is just religion, self-righteousness, condemnation, death, left unto itself. And Jesus knew that that's not what this was all about. Therefore, he comes as a baby... And now all of a sudden, the truth is incarnate. Now all of a sudden, this Jesus they talked about lives this sinless, perfect life. So that you and I might have life. Eternal life. So I'm asking you this week to do a few things. I'm asking you to enter the story. I'm not asking you to do it the rest of your life. That'll come New Year's. I'm not asking you for next year, next, you know, 10 years. I'm asking that we, church, would just stop for a moment. Just slow down, right? me included. Just slow down. And remember why this day is so sacred and purposeful. And at the the essence of this this celebration of life is the celebration of death and resurrection. And I have eternal life because of Jesus some 2,000 years ago coming to this earth. And and this Advent that Chris is talking, that looking forward to this Savior, is that I might have life. So how do we not seek Jesus each day? How do we not read his word to be closer to him? How do we not worship? How do we not pray? And last, and the one that gets lost in the mix so many times, how do I not give my life for others? Oh, Jesus, how do I, you gave your life for me. How do I not give my life for someone else? And if you've done all those other things, that's great. But if you've really done all those other things, you will naturally do the last one, which is others. You can't help but be the hands and feet of Jesus when you seek Him, when you read His Word, when you worship, and when you pray. This this Christmas... I, one of the ways that I, I've asked us to do that, I'm giving you a practical way, is with your families. We're not having church here on Christmas, but we're going to have church in our home. And, and you have these. And you guys, I, I'm not, you're probably thinking, what's he selling here? It's like he's selling a new book. No, no, I'm not selling anything other than be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm asking that each one of us Take the time to devote the first part of your day on Christmas to Jesus by reading the story, by singing some songs, by by remembering what he has done for us, by worshiping, by worshiping. That's Christmas. Somewhere in all that, Somewhere in the the midst of all that, mixed in all that is a gift. And and Jesus is the gift, but I I don't want to disparage that there's a gift, like a toy or a new phone or something. That's all right and that's great. But I just want to keep Jesus in the forefront. The gift. The gift. As we receive communion now. I, I want that to... Be in the forefront of our minds as as Grayson comes up, and and, um, I I want you. Here's my prayer: as I I receive communion, here's here's mine. It doesn't have to be yours. Here's mine. Um, It's this, God. Let me do this. See, because here's what I know: in my own power, complete idiot. Come tomorrow morning, first thing, I'll be up and going, ready to hit the next thing to conquer. Holy Spirit, in me, remind me. Holy Spirit, guide, direct me. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see that I might be the hands and feet of Jesus today. Holy Spirit, when, when that, that gets in me and stirs me up, Holy Spirit, remind me to be kind, to be gracious. Holy Spirit, I I don't need it for next year. I need it for today. I don't need it for next month. I need it for today. And and that's the church. That's the church. And when I remember and when I do those things, God moves. He moves. I'm excited to hear the stories. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in your life and mine this Christmas season don't worry about next year worry about today don't worry about today but enter into the story today and watch what God might do watch what he might do you want to know why the church is so ineffective in many ways because we never enter into the story we never enter into the story I'm asking us as a church to enter into the story. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, for these men and women. God, I thank you for your son Jesus as we we look towards the the birth of Christ and we celebrate. Oh, God, thank you. So our hearts are so, so thankful. Lord, I pray that uh, you'd forgive me for the craziness of running around, for not taking the time. God, for not engaging in the story and entering in through your son, Jesus. Forgive me for being worried about so many things that don't matter. that we would enter into the things that do matter. Forgive us for walking by those who need you. Lord, give us eyes to see. Let us be wise like the wise men who sought you. Let us seek